Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, Hardy, uh, good morning to you here. We apologize for uh, being late on this uh, Wednesday morning hump day because couldn't get over the hump of the Howard Franklin Bridge or the Gandhi Bridge. It was weird. Everything was backed up today from Tampa into St. Petersburg. And I never saw an accident. I never saw anything, any reason why I should be delayed this morning. So if I any need, of you I people out there know, I need, I, want I, need, I need freaking answers, man. You can't handle the truth. I did not. I did not have it spending two car, two hours in my car this morning. No, on the way to work. That two was hours. not on my bingo board. Two I hours? come from Lithia. Yeah. So it was well, backed up all the way to Lithia. I already have to go through all my stuff through Lithia at first, right, and right. usually I'm chilling once I get to the Selman. Right. But combined the extra hour that I just had to sit in. The, today the, the Selman was backed up all the way to Brandon. It was close. Yeah. Wow. Today was a wreck of a day to get here. Wow. But we're here. Yeah, but we're here. We're here. we got a good show for you. Uh, Dave Archer is going to join us from Falcons Radio to talk about the Falcons draft and where Atlanta is right now. It's going to be a very different division than it was last year or maybe even the last couple of years. Um, I have a sneaky suspicion. Somebody's going to get good. Somebody's going to be. It happens every year, right? Except last year. Nobody was good. Um, But just if somebody breaks out that you don't think is going to break out, last year it was Seattle. Um, You know, it's, it's going to be somebody. And, and maybe it'll be the Falcons. I don't think it's going to be the Panthers, but it might be. Who knows? Bryce Young might be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, maybe Derek Carr lights a fire in, in uh, New Orleans. Who knows? Um, but I think the Bucks are as good as anybody. So we'll get into that today as well. Um, Dave Archer is going to join us. We'll find out what's going on in Atlanta. Um, and we're going to get into some baseball talk here as well. The Lightning, we, we talked a lot about this yesterday, but we'll – you know, kind of go through some of the exit interviews that happened yesterday and, and where the Lightning are. I am not um, as, as a doomsday maybe as the John Romano column that was today. I don't, know if, I don't want to say it's doomsday, but I, I, I'm do, are the Lightning coming back to the pack? I think they're already back in the pack. You know, I don't think it's – I don't see humongous change for next year. I, I, I see – actually, I see – I think the Lightning will be better. Just getting a full off season to rest, I think they'll be infinitely better, and healthy, and more mentally ready, and more hungry, and ready to get back at it. Um, I don't think there's going to be wholesale changes in the off season. Although, Kalorn could leave, but uh, absent of Kalorn leaving, I don't. I, nothing else is really going to happen. Stamkos is, is not going anywhere, as he said. He doesn't want to wear another sweater, another jersey. Um, I just don't see it happening. Any major changes? I, every, every to me. Not winning this year is going to help them for next year. Yeah, and you got the feeling through uh, all the interviews that that's kind of what they were looking for, especially Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, you think about the extra year of hockey they've played. Who's it really the wear and tear on? Oh, I mean, him. It's definitely on him and the pressure that he has to carry. So uh, I agree. I don't think the window's closed right now. I will say in regards to guys going in and out, I heard, I heard it yesterday on Twitter he was trending and, you know, could – could the Lightning make a radical move this offseason? And I mean radical is trading Steven Stamkos in the last year of his deal. Could that be a radical move they decide to make? Because I believe they presented it to him a couple years ago, or maybe a few years ago during an offseason. And he said, no, 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 I want to stay and this and that. 
But now, being that they're continually cap-strapped, is in the last year of his deal, is that the most radical thing you think they could do? No, the most radical thing they could do is, is trade Kucherov. Well, yeah, but that's not happening. Yeah. Realistically. Well, you know, you say it's not happening, and I'm not, you know, bringing up any conspiracy theories here or anything. I'm just looking at the biggest piece that you have if you wanted to make major changes, but that's not the way the Lightning operate. They don't mm-hmm. do things like that. They're, they're about consistency and building together and keeping the core together. They would never do that. Um, so I don't think in, in absence of that, absent of that, they're not trading Vasilevsky. They're not trading Kucherov. No. And, and, and the Stamkos thing, you know, uh, business is business. I get it. But, you know, there are certain people that are glued to your organization and also deserve – and, and, and I don't use that term often in, in sports because I think it gets overused. It gets overused. This is not – this is business. Sports is a business. And, you know, oftentimes some emotion comes into it, but it's a business. And there are cap, salary caps and everything that come with that. That being said, you know, emotional attachment to your players is good business. <laughs> so, um, you know, if, if from a fan base standpoint, and that's where you get most of your money in hockey especially is selling tickets – um. Yeah, you you don't want to, and you owe Steven Stamkos everything. You owe Steven Stamkos everything. His decision to come back for much less money and not go to Toronto set up the whole run for Tampa Bay. I'm convinced of that. Um, and, and by the way, he's had two tremendous seasons in a row when he's been healthy the last two years. Yep. I don't see him as he did not have a great playoff. Um. I, I, I could say that about a lot of the top guys. Yeah. Braden Point was hurt. Stamkos was relatively healthy, but and got what a couple of goals in a big, you know, a couple. Well, yeah, both of them were pretty big. So I'm not going to say that he played terribly, but he was not a difference maker like Marner and Matthews. No, and I, I just am floating it out there because I think you know. When stuff like this happens, there's a tend to always put all options on the table. And, you know, he kind of said yesterday he wants to have that conversation with Julian Breezeball. Like, that's a priority to him, to have that conversation. And I'm just wondering, you know, what does that next contract look like for him? Does it go four years? Does it go five years, right? Where's the, the happy medium? Because, like, I mean, are you comfortable with paying Steven Samkos the $8 million or $8.5 million that he's making now for the next four years when he's, you know, 36 or 37? Like, that's kind of the tough thing, I think, that comes into play here and why there's like a 10% of me, maybe even less, honestly, that goes, hmm, could that happen? Well, um, the Breeze Bois said uh, in terms of Hagel and Stamkos, which are the two biggest targets here for the offseason in terms of getting guys signed. And again, it's, it's, it's not a must-do for Stamkos this year because he's still under contract for one Correct. more year. But it's a it's a it's a probably should do. So, <coughs> excuse me. He said, "I hope I hope we would we'd be uh, t- the hope would be to keep both. Depending on what happens with the cap here and different things, we're going to be able to do it this year? Question mark. We may not be able to do it this year, but we'll have those conversations. And once we've kind of settled on something, we can make that public. So yeah, th- that's the, they want to keep the core together. The the Lightning, I think, and to their credit, and, and clearly." their philosophy has worked are more about keeping core together and also coaching staff together. And, you know, there, there are teams that have fired coaches after 
losing in the first round of the playoffs. The Lightning will not be one of those teams. So there's, there's, nor should they be. There, there's consistency counts in this league, and it's worked for the Lightning. So I think he's going to do everything. And I, I get it. Fans are frustrated. And I've seen some stuff on Twitter about, oh, we need to shake up the lineup. You know, we're getting old. We're getting tired. And I'm like, this year we, were, we looked tired. We're not old. I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, I, I get it. We are old this year in terms of that fourth line. The fourth line is not coming back. No. Um, so I don't, when you, and when you, and you look at the stats, well, we were the oldest team in the league last year. I think we were maybe second to Pittsburgh, yep. right? Yep. So, yeah, but take out, you know, Perry 38, Belmar 35, 36, uh, Maroon 34, 35, those guys I don't think are going to be back. Um, maybe Maroon will be back. I think he's still under contract. But I think for the most part, that there's, that's where the changes are going to come. And they're going to be – I think we're going to get younger and faster in those places. So we'll see. I, I think those are the main – but I don't see any major changes. Do you? No, no. I, I'm just throwing it out there as a, as a – just almost a talking point, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I think there is like a, an under 10% chance of it happening, to be honest. But – Based on the way they played, I don't see the need for wholesale changes at this moment. Now you go another year and you get knocked out in the first round, then I think all options completely come on the table. Would you agree? I would agree. But we got to get to I that point agree. first. I, I want to see how this team responds now to getting three months off during the summer. I want to see a healthy Vasilevsky. I want to see a healthy Victor Hedman, who admitted yesterday that he was not himself this year and did not like his performance. Right. Um, I want to see Braden Point continue to ascend. I think there's even another level to his game potentially, right? If he gets a full, a fully healthy off season, which he hasn't had here the last two years, right? Uh, Stamkos getting older a little bit. Kucherov, you know, is going to give you a hundred points. Let's see what happens with Tanner Janot, who we talked about yesterday. Can he take steps forward? Mm-hmm. You like where Hagel's game's at, right? I mean, there's still a lot to like about this team. So Nick Paul. Did not give us much in the, in the postseason. No, no, but he's got to um, be better. But, but I, I, I still think he has huge upside. Yeah, and we already talked about the D having five guys yep. and two of them very cheap and you have control over. So And also they're not going to send Radish to Syracuse now because they would risk putting him on waivers. So that tells you that they how they view about him. Yep. He's going to be here next year as in the top four, I would assume. So, yeah, I retool the bottom six, get a six defenseman, and – and let's go back at it this next year as a healthier team. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about where the Lightning were and where they are. They're just not – and I'm glad they went out in the first round. I'm, I'm just am. I mean, I mean, I'm never glad. I mean, I would, I would have <laughs> liked to get a few more paychecks, don't get me wrong. But I think for the health of the franchise, for the health of these players – this is going to be a godsend for them. Yeah, It's going to be a godsend. I'm you not, can't win every year. I'm not glad about it, but I tell you what, watching the game last night, I was like, ha, 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 ha. Nice laughs that I got from that one. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, look, I, I, I feel kind of like a lot of those players do. You know, I've got, I've got some other things on my plate. The, the, this um, Padel tournament that's coming up, and we, we're going to start talking more about it coming out the next week. I'm going to be every weekend, I'm going to be up there, uh, at um, the tennis center in, in land, uh, Zephyr Hills, I think it is. They're bringing in all these teams from all over the world, Cancun, Toronto, Los Angeles, Arkansas, New York, uh, Miami, um, to play this padel, which is kind of like a cross between pickleball and tennis. Um, it's it, it also racquetball. It's an incredibly fast sport. So I'm going to be doing that for the next month 
uh, on the weekends. You guys really need to come up and check this out. I'm going to get a lot more information on it. But those are there's so many other things that I want to get into, and I know the players want to too. The players want to go relax, go do things that they haven't been able to do for a long time because they had no off season. You, you know, there's there's at least a two month run up to get ready for training camp for these guys when they really get into their regiment. And when you when you playing into late June, you don't have that. You don't have the two months off that everybody else gets to recharge their batteries and mostly their brains and their emotions. And, and to, that's, that's what they need to clear. They need to clear that cash, get all them cookies out, <laughs> and, uh, and be able to come back. So I'm, I'm, I think in the long run this is going to help the Tampa Bay Lightning and moving forward. They needed, they needed an offseason, and they're finally going to get one. And I think there's no better uh, personification than that than Andre Vasilevsky. And I think, I think the Lightning have to change their approach with Vasi. They have let Vasi run his ship, basically, to basically tell them when he's going to play, when he wants to play, how he, you know, all those things, because he's he's always done it. I mean, why mess with success? This is the first year where he 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 probably pushed himself more than he should have. And Brian Elliott should have played more. Brian Elliott played well. He had a good record. Yeah, but the thing with that is Brian Elliott is also pushing 40 years old. No, no, they got to bring somebody else in. they got to bring somebody yeah. else in, and I'm not saying it's easy to do because yeah. if you're a younger goalie, chances are teams are snatching you up and giving yeah. you a good payday, right? Right. But they've got to try to get somebody. Maybe when I say younger, maybe in like the 31 to 33 range, right? Right, right. I think the days of having the 38, 39-year-old backup goalie if you need Vasilevsky to be his best when he gets playoff time, I think you'd like to see that guy play 50 times a year. Yeah. Instead of playing 60, 65 times a year, which we've been so accustomed to. Absolutely. If I can get close to 30 games out of a backup goalie, I think that should be the best thing moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's what they're going to Because I know Vasilevsky's 28 or 29, but given the amount of games he's played, he's probably added on. His league age is about 33. Yeah, he's in dog years right now. (laughs) His league age is probably 33 or 34. Exactly. So, but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And he he hasn't lost a step. I don't see that at all in in Vasilevsky. I mean, this was a step back this year, but I'm not going to say he's lost a step. I think that would be ridiculous. So, breast and moving forward, having a goalie that's going to get a lot more more time and not letting Vassy kind of dictate that. Um, let the trainers dictate that. Let the let, let get to a more reasonable schedule for him. And I think, and I think from his comments, he recognized that. He recognized that as well. Uh, all right, so let's get let's uh, let's get into um, the Rays last night. A four to one win over uh, the Pirates, the the first place Pirates, the best team in the National League. And boy, was that a weird game? You know, you have a steal, <laughs> a little bit. They have a steal of home. Uh, you know, Reynolds. Uh, 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 Ramirez goes deep again, and he's just I, th- that dude can just hit. He just rakes. I, I, lo- I love his approach. Um, Siri stealing home, and I don't know if you watched the post game show, but they had an interview with Siri, and and, and of course the cash post game as well, which, which we'll play. It's like uh, Topper was trying, uh, Mark Topper was trying to get to that. Like, did you call that cash? Did you? Get, you know, is that something that you guys, how did you guys work that? And it's basically two guys just doing it, wandering <laughs> and series, like, like watch, we, we're going to make this happen. And, and they did. I mean, I look at the catcher for, uh, was it Hedges back there last night for Pittsburgh? Like, and that dude's one of the better defensive catchers in the game. I'd like to think he knows who's on third base. It's Jose Siri, yeah. who's the fastest guy on the team, one of the fastest guys in the league. Why are you worrying about trying to throw somebody out second on your knees? 
Yeah. It's not like he stood up and tried to make a full effort. He just like popped it from his knees and tried to get the guy out, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. Like you just gave him a free run. Yeah, you did. You really just gave him a free run. So I don't think it took any strategy. It's just, I think that's just bad catching, to be honest, by Hedges. Yeah, it probably is. It probably. I think he was caught by surprise. I think it was caught by surprise, and it. And that's what this. That's what this Rays team does. It just puts so much pressure on you on the base pass, defensively. Last night, I thought defensively last night they were fantastic. They were, and um, it, it's just sometimes it's like a, having a great defense in football. Like every game you go into, you're in the game. It doesn't matter what happens offensively. You're going to be in the game and have a chance to win it at the end. Mm-hmm. And and with the Rays, and that when you're playing 162, and I'm going to probably say 145 of these games this year, they're going to be in just because of their pitching and defense. They're just so much better than most every team they play. And defense is just such a uh, in baseball. It's such an overlooked thing because when, you know when you make when you make those plays that save a couple of runs. It's no different than hitting a two-run homer, and and you're you, and the the Rays just do it consistently. So they're going to be in every game. So you score four runs, you're probably going to win. It's it's kind of like having you know a level Vasilevsky. Yeah, you you score three goals or even two, you're going to get to overtime. Three, you're probably going to win ninety percent of the time. Four, it's a no-brainer. So the Rays, they've scored three to four runs, and they have an offense that's capable of putting up eight runs a game. I was going to say. Start doing the math. I was going to win a lot of games. We didn't didn't hit our quota last night. Right. We didn't. I mean, we're supposed to be gouging Papa John's out of pizza. We didn't get any free pizza. We didn't get any free pizza last night. No. I've been been taking. By the way, as a recently married couple, shout out to the Rays for doing the Lord's work. (laughs) I mean, always looking for a cheap meal, right? A convenient meal. And a Papa John's two minutes down the road helps. Yeah. The Rays have just been doing great work to start this season. So six runs, you get 50% off everything on the menu. Anything, any pizza. So I get a large specialty pizza, and it ends up being like nine ninety nine instead of eighteen ninety nine. That's a deal. It's a freaking steal. It's a steal. Yeah, and the Rays have been stealing pizza from Papa John's, and the fans have too. Yeah, that's a big, yeah, that's yeah. A big deal because that, that – now, do you guys polish off the whole thing, a large specialty, or is that do you get two slices for the morning or three slices left over? Is she taking some for lunch usually, the next day? Usually we, we have leftovers, but we did it the other night, I want to say on Sunday night maybe. Right. Yeah, Sunday night we did it, and we finished the whole pizza. Yeah. And probably about 25 minutes too. And, and not to get off track, but I, would, I don't do a lot of uh, bring-home pizza anymore. Just don't do it a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I was, Papa John's was strong. Papa John's was strong. I, Casey I like, really loves the garlic sauce. She's a she's a fiend for that garlic. There sauce really is a do. thing to that better ingredients, better pizza. I, I won't have to say that. Although their dough is a little doughy for it's me, a little doughy. it's a little doughy. I mean, I prefer a, a more crispy crust. But you can you can re- request it if you order online. You can there's a setting there where you can put well done. And it gets you get a little bit more and crisp. You get more crisp, yeah. Oh, okay. They're starting to do that all these pizza places where you can get like well done because I like well done pizza. And Domino's, I thought was I thought Domino's is pretty good quality. I and I ain't, ain't gonna lie, I like their tots. The tot, I said. Tots. I see that all the time, and they're trying to tell me that they know how to do fries, and that all these other places don't know how to. I'm like, you're a pizza place. No, they do. They don't do fries. They found out that you you seen a new spot there. I've been seeing that the you spot. can't deliver fries, and I think they're right. I don't think you can deliver fries. Are good for about fifteen. 20 minutes tops. Yeah, they get very soggy. Right. Yeah, you get you, you get them like if you go to McDonald's and you get cold fries. I'm throwing away. I'm coming back. I'm coming <laughs> back through. I'm coming back through. And normally I'll check first. Like, no, these ain't gonna do. 
he's ain't going to do it. Because there's a big difference between a soggy, a 20 minute fry and a 10 minute fry. There's a huge difference. There is. There huge. Is. So, but I do like the tot. The, the tots are good. They're crispy. They've, they've, they're all, they're all right with that. They're all right with that. Okay. Now, I'm just, I'm not a big delivery pizza guy anymore. But it's good to know that I'm not either. But the Rays have, the Rays have put me back in that, in that mind. Well, the Lightning were doing it too, all year long, and the double stack that you would get. With with any order, you could just pile on a double stack, yeah, which see, is and, a quality, and that's a lot a quality, quality burger, not as good as it used to. And this is a lot easier than the whole thing with Canes, where they got to get ten strikeouts. Oh my god, stop! <laughs> and I, I got to go. I, first I did of that, all, I, I gotta, did that one time, and I felt like the biggest idiot ever. First of all, I got to go to the game first, number one. Right. Then the next day, now you don't have to go to the game. You don't you have to go to the game no, anymore. No, you don't have to go to the game anymore. Okay, no. they changed that. Yeah, you get like you just have to go on the app. Well, regardless, I have to go to Canes Furniture. I have to be that guy that says, like, can I please get my voucher for the for the they race? go up to customer service, and then yeah. they have to get a wait. I'm like, no. And they're probably trying to sell me some furniture while I'm in there as well. I right. hate furniture stores, so that, yeah. that already takes me out of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get And that. then I got to go into Tijuana Flats just to get, what, a taco? Just one taco? I don't know. It, it's not definitely not The Papa working. John's is a lot easier. Yeah. And, and the Lightning did it, too, all year long. They were, they were You get the free Chick-fil-A sandwich. Did you know about that? You get the free in the app. You get the free sandwich. I you can get and it, yeah. You can get a free sandwich. Wait, no, Chick Fil A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then gotcha. uh, and, and a free double stack. Although the closest Wendy's to Emily Arena on Kennedy, I went there twice and asked for my double stack. They looked at me like I was from Mars. What? See, yeah, the Lightning won last night. I'm supposed to get a free double stack. All I have to do is mention. You got to read the fine print. No, you just got to mention. Select locations in yeah. Tampa. Yeah, well, they have a clue about about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. So that didn't work out so well, but. Um, the Chick-fil-A was money. That was so – that was all year long. Anyway, back to the game. Back to the game. Um, Fleming g- comes on again and looks great because he doesn't start. Uh, that's just starting to be a weird thing because now he even came in in the, the first last mm-hmm. night and gets hit on the foot with a line drive. The x-rays were negative last month, last night, but they're going to get a CT scan today. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. He's going to be out. He's going to be on the IL. Probably. He's going to have for probably a month. I hate that for him because after that first start, he's been nails in that role. Yeah. He really has been he locked has been down. Good. I know he was a little wild with his command yesterday at, at points. I think he had three walks and three and a third. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I thought he was on cruise control. And shout out to the bullpen, which I think, even though they're number one in the ERA, I still think that bullpen has some underlying metrics that are not great. But I, I would mean, agree. Give him credit last night. They gave up three hits. The Rays bullpen did over six innings of work. Colin Poche came into the game right away, and I'm 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 looking at my TV and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, oh come on! I'm like, we're going back to these guys after they blew it the day before, the game before. That was bad. I was like, come on now! And then he gives up a base hit, but I cut him some slack because Paredes probably needs to do better on that ground ball to third. If I'm being honest, and then he comes back out and gets a huge strikeout and gets out of the inning, and I'm like, okay. Good job, Colin. Yeah. Good job, Colin. We saw Beeks last night. He finally got a good outing. Adam locks it down in the ninth. So shout out to the bullpen. The Rays. That was an all-around great game for the Rays yesterday. I thought. Yeah. And um, Javi Guerra lasted four batters in his first pro start. Um, Pete Fairbanks is still unavailable. That's a thing, man. It's weird. What's what's going on with this? What syndrome that he has? He's got something. He I think it, he can't pitch in the cold. Something flares up in his hand or his fingertips or something like that. I don't claim to be a doctor with these things. But it's just what it sounds like when he pitches in the, in the cold weather. This is what happens. So they're kind of really looking forward to getting to the summer now right? where these issues aren't going to pop up. But I keep saying, like, hey, what, what happens when we get to October? 
Because I saw this last year against Cleveland. It flared up. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. No, I, I, think, I think the Rays need to make, a, make an addition to the bullpen at some point here. They need a high-leverage guy, somebody who I think throws heat. I think they need to get somebody in. And I made a deal this morning, I don't know if you saw, Chase Anderson. No, I did not see that. They, they acquired him from the Reds today. Uh, he's been in AAA with them. He's been around the majors for a while. Um, you know, I'm sure the Rays will get him in here, and he'll turn into like a, a one-ERA guy, right? So there's some help at the moment. But I think as the year goes on, because you have to kind of protect against this, I guess, because it's a real thing. Yeah. What, it's called Renaud's Syndrome. Renaud's Syndrome that Fairbanks is, is suffering from. I thought you were going to say, you know what the Rays need to add in the bullpen? A doctor. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think they do. I think they need a doctor that knows what they're doing over there. Um, yeah, it's it, – oh. Yeah, it says a condition in which body overreacts to certain situations causing cold and numbness in the hands and feet is what it says. That's weird. Never heard of that. Never, it's like a circulation issue. Yeah, it's like it's like blood not getting through and things like that. Yeah, and it, and it and it lingers. And it lingers. Yeah. What a weird thing. To, oh. Um. Yandy Diaz um, was back in the lineup to, it, Tuesday, going 0 for 1 with three walks. He's got a shoulder issue that he's dealing with. So, but he was back in there last night. Tyler Glass now on Friday is slated to make his first of likely three rehab starts with Triple A Durham working three innings. Um, so we could see him by by the end of May or two weeks coming up. That that'll be nice, especially with this schedule that they have in May, which is brutal, brutal. They go five hundred in May, the that'll be just fine. I about to say if they go five hundred in May, how do we view this team? Like we're Great. all we're all thumbs up, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's baseball. I wish now. I wish the freaking Orioles would back off a little bit. The Orioles won again last night. They're eight and two in their last ten, and they're only three and a half behind the Rays. I know that's crazy, isn't it? I just said your we're, reward we're, for going twenty four and six is having a three game cushion. We're a series away from being in second place, literally. Yeah, because these Orioles won't stop winning. That's great, but but it, unlike the Rays, who I think have staying power, they have players that have proven at this level. Yep. I don't know that about the Orioles. They may have. They got a lot of young talent. They got a lot of young talent. Young talent is up and down, especially at later in the season. They get they get you know, they haven't played they haven't gone through the grind like this race team has gone through the grind. No. So I, I'm not at this point, Baltimore, you're a cute little story. Good for you. A little cute bird on your hat, but I'm not I'm not too worried. Down the line, I think they're building something there. There's no question about that. But um, they almost remind me of like the equivalent, like the Devils in the NHL. They almost remind me of that right yeah, now. Yeah. Like they're really playing with house money. They're a fun team to watch. So, but I wish they'd stop winning some games so the Rays could get a little bit of a cushion. When do we see them? We see them. We have not seen them all year. Yeah, I think we see them in a couple of weeks, right? I know we said the schedule yesterday. Yeah. I don't think the Orioles. Yeah, they don't. They play the Orioles uh, from the eighth to the eleventh, so they get a four-game set on the road. Yeah. Against Baltimore. Right. Right after this Yankee series. Okay. So next week we're, we'll be in Baltimore and smack those little Yeah, after, down. after a sweep of the Yankees. Exactly. Um, well, let's, let's hear um, – let's go a uh, little uh, uh, wander, wander single to, to knock in a couple of runs. How about that? This guy's pretty good. And that's a one-hopper through into center field. Here comes Margot. He will score. 
four to third goes Siri with a full out of Steve. There we go. Um, so we get get a run there with Margot, and then here's the uh, the steal of home by Jose City, um, who just uh, I, I love I, I love, love the energy, guy. love the energy he brings to the game, love it, love it, love it. I mean, he's no Kevin Kiermaier, but he. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this this was a, a not not a great idea by the Pirates here, but this is what happens. Here goes the runner off first. The pitch is a ball to throw to second. Out of time in the range. I wasn't Steal even close. Broncos steal second. Siri waited just long enough and took off and hits to the plate. The range lead three to one. The Rays running game taking advantage of Contreras and his delivery, long delivery to home plate, and that's how it cost him a run. By the way, go back and look at the pitch. It was a strike. Should have been strike three. But there's the throw. You're never going to get Bronco. How about that? How about that? Um, and but plus, it was an, it was a loopy off-speed pitch. You're right. The catcher's got to hold that ball. I don't know what you're thinking there. And he kind of just like. Tossed it over there. Like, again, he wasn't, it looked like he threw it there trying to get Franco out. It was just like he was like, I guess I got to throw it here. I think, um, I think I heard uh, Matty Joyce say last night that runners were eight of nine stealing on him. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing. And I think this might be across all of Major League Baseball, but the, the stolen base has been almost brought back to the yeah, fold. I love it. I it love feels it. like, I mean, Taylor Wall snagged two bags the day before in Chicago. I mean, the Rays are doing these, I mean, they're not, they're running. They're running. It's not like ultra small ball. Those days are gone. Yeah, but they're, but they're, they're, you know, they're last sprinkling night they, it in at the right moments. Last night they played small ball for three of these runs. Yeah, and by the way, too, um, I, I meant to say this stat yesterday, but we didn't get to it, just on the topic of stolen bases. Have you seen Josh Lowe's like, percentage of stealing bases? It's good. Since 2021, he has successfully stolen 60 of his last 62 attempts. Jesus. That's a 97% That's Lou Brock. rate. That's Vince Coleman. That's numbers. Ricky Anderson right there. That's Ricky there. Anderson numbers right there. So this team's actually really good on the base pass now. Where last year, remember, they were a disaster on yeah. the base pass. Yeah, Randy was running into every out he could find. G-Man was clogging up the bases. <laughs> no, this is uh, – they have taken advantage of the different rules. There's no question about it. They dug in and they said, you know what, we're not – you know, God bless G-Man Choi. It's good to see him yesterday and nice little video and everything. But they're not going to have – Bigger guys that can't run anymore. That was no. diplomatic, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. diplomatic. You got it. You just—they're just not going to have it. It affects you defensively, and it affects you on the base pass. Well, and that's a winning edge right now. Well, here's a bit. Here's a, a bigger guy, but he can run. And right. He also all yeah, of a sudden can. can hit home runs, mm-hmm. and that's Harold Ramirez. Here was the home run yesterday from him. Off his foot. And the high shot into deep left center. Well tagged, and that baby's gone. What a drive by Harold Ramirez. He pimped out a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. Where, where did this power come from? I mean, I could I could ask this about a lot of guys in this lineup, but I mean, he hit six home runs last year in like 500 plate appearances, mm-hmm. and he's got six this year. Well, ball's a little juiced. We're, we're, we agree with that, right? Eh, just a smidge. That's a little juiced. Um, and he's hitting these two. It's like this is like the third one I think he's hit to that exact spot of the ballpark, I, which I, is the the longest part to get out. I would also say if you go back, you know, his contact rates last year were were excellent, and yeah. You know, he hits the ball on the barrel a lot, why they call him Barrel Ramirez. So maybe it's just a little bit of elevation, a little bit of juice in the ball, and that's the difference between, you know, having 20 warning track 
shots to having 20 home runs. And I wonder if that's the same thing with Yandy Diaz because he always has that level swing and yep. always hits the ball really hard. And I have to go look at it, but I wonder if there's a slight elevation in his swing as well mm-hmm. because he's obviously up to seven. His screw high is 13. He's going to smatter that this year and probably yep. get to 20 yeah. as a leadoff guy. And he's also he's going to be 400-plus on base. So he's going to be one of the most valuable players in baseball this year is what I'm telling you. Yes. I mean, again, hats off to whoever has just decided to get these guys – the, the different tweaks in their swings. I mean, is it Chad Matola? We talked about it yesterday, right? Maybe the it is. Coaches? Maybe Chad Maybe Matola deserves is. a lot of credit here. Maybe he does. Whatever it is, the results are are without debate. No, it's, and, and, every time I, and every time I think like they're going to hit a lull in their offense a little bit, mm-hmm. it's like the next day they come out and they'll score like 10 runs or something. All right, let's listen to uh, Kevin Cash from last night and uh, hear what he had to say about the 4-1 to win over the Pirates. A good Harold point. in the fourth, and then Wander and Siri, the double steal, and then Harold with the solo shot. Just what stood out to you from from those four runs? Uh, well, Harold had a really good at bat to to get the guy in on a contact play. Obviously, the home run uh, was really nice as well, and then just a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed right there with Wander and Siri. Uh, you got to have some really good instincts. That's not a play that we design. We don't talk about that. <laughs> if if you get the jump and you like it, and I'm guessing Siri. More times than not, gets the jump, and he likes to to run. Um, so we were fortunate right right there to pick that run up. And then the pitching, just I know Fleming had to come out of the game, but then leaning on the bullpen and them only allowing one run to the Pirates, just how impressive were they getting out of those jams that they did? Very, very impressive. Happy for those guys. Uh, certainly, kind of bouncing back off the off day in, in the last day in Chicago. Um, it was. It was. A unique game. <laughs> Fleming, <laughs> Fleming going down. So far, x-rays are negative. I think we'll have some more testing or imaging done t- tomorrow morning. Uh, but fingers crossed he's okay. But then everybody kind of came in, played their part, pieced it together. Look, to shut down or only allow one to a very, very good team right now. On the, on the steal, is there a signal between, if it didn't come from the bench, is there something between those guys? No. Is it's there a certain point when Siri can go when he sees the infielder break or it's no it's all about catcher release if he releases it so as soon as the catcher throws if he's gonna go that's probably when he's gonna take off yeah do you like watching that or did that like if he's safe <laughs> <laughs> going back to harold just kind of show what he's capable of offensively get the ground ball to the right side in the contact play and then obviously the power you've seen more of yeah he, he's definitely driven the ball he's such a good hitter you know i know he went up the first time he struck out. He was pretty frustrated with his at bat. You know, I think for whatever reason, I thought him, he got out of his routine or what he was trying to do. But he, you know, took a deep breath and then comes up. Gets he has two strikes on him. Shoots the ball to right, and then I'm not sure what the count was with the home run. But um, again, he's doing it off a really good pitcher. He's throwing the ball well. Given the way you had a piece of pitching together, you feel pretty good about the way you guys held it together. I'm thrilled. Yeah, yeah. Brady's made a huge play. I mean, there were a lot of lot of things that help us, uh, you know, prevent them from scoring. Uh, I feel like, yeah, the pitching and, and the defense were, were certainly were the highlights of today. Do you think you'll have to do some bullpen moves, or you think with Shane tomorrow? Um, we're going to talk through it. I think we got to check to make sure Fleming first. Right. Yeah, but was I just complaining that Thompson did not come set? Uh, I'm not sure what was being said. I'm, I'm not totally sure. Clock run out. Thompson not coming set. I'm not sure. And on your replay challenge, it's yeah. like Bethard didn't have the ball, but you think maybe the runner didn't touch the plate either. Yeah. And so since he tagged him later, that's what you were hoping. Okay. We appealed. Right. Adrian called him safe, and then they take it to New York uh, to check and see if he right. touched the plate.
You mentioned the defense, just Isak Paredes, we've talked about him a lot, that liner in the third, the great snag to get out of the two-on threat. Just what have you seen from him defensively? Really good footwork. You know, he, he we talked about it a lot in Chicago that, that, you know, he was really, really good over there and, and made a lot of plays. He makes plays look easy. Uh, and, you know, today's play, certainly reactive um, to... I don't know if that ball would have stayed fair or foul. I'm not sure. But if it's fair, you know, there's two runs coming across with two outs, and that can be kind of deflating. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the whole steal, double steal thing is, and I think this is where Cash does a great job with these guys. You know, he's got a lot of guys on this team that are, um, God, you have to be so careful these days, but we're, we're not going to be. He's got a lot of Latin players that love the um, – the flamboyance of baseball, like the stealing of home, the stealing, like the action of the game. And Franco and Syria are, are probably the two best examples of that. And you don't want to cage them up. You know, you want them to play free, free flow in baseball. Take those chances. Be aggressive when you can do it. And, you know, it's not this, you know, Cash doesn't have this, like, lockdown, like, you're not stealing until I give you the signal. And there's a lot of managers that do that. Don't you dare. You know, he's like, no, you guys see it? Go for it. Do it. Be, be, you know, make the plays. You, you have this great athleticism. Why not use it? He, it puts pressure on the other team. He's not overmanaging. No. He and he no. said it before, like, when they're playing like this, I don't really have to do anything. No. And he even answered that question. He said, if we're just playing baseball. Yeah. I mean, go back to the game we were at when Mar- Manuel Margot slaps a bunt down with the yes. bases loaded. Yeah. Like, how many guys across Major League Baseball are doing that? No, and they have, have the, the freedom, freedom to, do, to do it. Trust me, there are teams... And you talk to guys that have played this game, that have played for certain managers, where you know guys are you know afraid to do anything out there when and it's everything is so locked down, and that's not the the way that Cash runs this ship at no. all. You know he gives them the freedom. Now I, I'll I'll probably say that Randy, you know, took advantage of that a little bit too much last year, <laughs> and you got to you got to rein guys in at times. But I think just in general, this is a better culture to create with the players that he has. You know, nobody's getting mad about bat flips or any of that stupid stuff. Go out and have fun. Play the game the way you guys played it growing up, and let's go. Yeah. And I and I, I love I love that Cash embraces that. Yep. It sound it sounds like well, if you're a manager, why wouldn't you? Trust me. There's it's a lot of managers like and, and organizations <laughs> in this game that don't think that way, and and the and the Cash and, and the Rays do. It, it, by the I way, them. last two notes before we move on. I, I did. I did do the research here real quick. The launch angles I can confirm are up, and they're actually through the roof. For Harold Ramirez, last year his launch angle was at four point eight. This year he's at eleven point one. Wow! So that's a substantial difference there. Yandy Diaz last year seven point eight. This year he's at eleven point five. Both by far career highs for those two. So no <laughs> coincidence they've combined for thirteen home runs through the first month of the season. Interesting, because it's, you know, we've seen guys try to improve their launch angle and destroy their swing. Exactly. Um, so you have to be very careful about it. It's just not, hey, let's just go start uppercutting, because it's a, it's not, it's not a fundamental piece that works well. In, 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 no. At least I've seen. No, and in, and in Harold's, and in Harold's, uh, in case, and just looking at his card here, like it's almost the complete opposite. He's gotten actually way better. Like he's hitting barrels. Like fifty, he's up fifty percent this year of connecting on barrels. Right. Whereas last year he was a little down and he had a lot of weak contact last year and was they worked. But how sustainable is weak contact? It's not. It's not. You got to get barrels to the baseball. He's done it at a 50 percent higher clip this year. So whatever these tweaks he's made, he's turned himself into a completely different ball player. And I think you can is a guy you can pencil in now, even against righties five hole yeah, every yeah. single day. Don't worry about it, which is something that the, the Rays have not been really about. 
Uh, no. Good numbers there. Nikki Numbers popping back <laughs> up return. today. I love <laughs> the, the return of Nikki Numbers. Um, all right, what do we got uh, today on, uh, on our comment stream before we hit our first break? Um, Ju Jetson, nice, nice to see you. Um, Killer and Stammer should retire as bolts. Absolutely, could not, could not agree more. And again, you know, we're not in the, uh, we're not in the feel-good emotional business. But these guys, they've stepped up their game. Killer had his best season this year. Stamkos has gone, you know, a hundred and hundred point season, eighty point season. Uh, you know, these these are not guys that are rapidly declining in their skills. I'm not saying we need to go out and give Steven Stamkos, you know, ten million a year. And I don't think Steven Stamkos is in, uh, under any illusions that he's getting that type of contract. No. I think he understands that um, – well, I would hope that he would. If he wants to stay in Tampa, what's that AAV look like? With Sergachev's contract kicking in, all these other contracts kicking, what does that look like? Five? Six? Five's probably a little low. I would say six to 6.5 would be my preference. I'm not I, – I, I can't see him getting the same contract that he get, that he got last time. No, not the no, term, but even no, the AAV. No, and he's made a lot of money. He has made a lot of money. He's made a lot of money. And he could have made more though. Could have made a lot more, but he could have given a lot of that to the Canadian government too. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so um, he's done, he's done all right, and yeah. uh, I know I know he is uh, very smart with his money. Let's just put it that way. He's he's not hurting for money, and I think all these guys, and I'll put Kalorn in the same same situation. They prioritize things above money, um, quality of life, organization, uh, family. He, he, no, none of these guys' families, you know, Clorin's not married, um, has a very wonderful girlfriend. Uh, but, you know, he may be looking to start a family as well. And nobody wants to leave Tampa Bay. Where are you going? You, I mean, think of some of the places where you could, you're, you're going to move to. Some of these cities are not conducive to live in i know it's like even right even, now like even okay. when i was trying to like come up with like a possible trace, you want to go anywhere in the new york area well when i was no thank even you. when i was trying to come up with a possible trade scenario for someone like steven stamp ghost like you know the team that just hit my head for whatever reason was going to be buffalo yeah because i thought you know that's an up-and-coming team maybe they could use a veteran goal scorer that's been there done that in the in the room and everything and but I've buffalo. been i've been to buffalo and I'm not a fan of Buffalo, so I don't think he would like. But I was just thinking not about to mention it. 13% New York State tax. No, but I'm just I'm just looking at it logistically too. Like you're not going to Toronto, but I mean you're pretty darn close. I don't know why the hell you'd want to live in Canada right now. Not a place to be. Um, uh, compared to Tampa Bay, I mean just quality no, of and life. I, I've never seen players. And I, I'm not talking just about taxes. I'm talking quality of life. And I've never I've never really seen players just. To the culture they've built here, and he's he's the leader in that of that uh that culture they've built. I've just never seen players that are openly saying, "Yeah, I want to leave Tampa Bay." No, like I don't think it's anybody's preference. I don't think McDonough wanted to leave Tampa Bay. Said no one ever. I, I, he wasn't even happy no, that he McDonough went to Nashville. Was, no, McDonough was effing. I mean, pissed. they were trying to send him to Columbus at first, and he, he was, was like, "He was effing no. pissed." Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't doing. happy. Yeah, and he didn't want to leave, and nobody wants. I don't to I don't think leave Johnson there. or Palat wanted to leave. It was just it kind of just had to happen that way, right? Yeah, I don't think Yanni Gord wanted to leave. Which, by the way, shout out to Yanni Gord, right, for getting the game-winning overtime goal. Claps all around for that. And by yes. the way, what did we learn in that? Just throw the damn thing on the net. Kraken's my team. You're I'm, with the Kraken. I'm, I'm all Kraken in on the your Kraken. Team? Yanni Gord and the Kraken are my team. My team did the my team did the Lord's work last night. Who's that? The Florida Panthers. Oh my God! You I'm all in on the on the stinking Panthers. 
I, I'm rooting for them to beat Toronto. In the East. They got to get out of it. I hate every other team in the East. I want the pick. Yeah. I'm just, I, I, the Devils are kind of cute. The Devils are kind of cute. I want them to go. And I got I want them to go. You got to love Palat. That's true. Florida's got for Hagee, though. I kind of I kind of like, you know, I kind of like maybe the Devils to just make a run and win a championship. So then they're not as hungry. They're the good uh, up-and-coming young team I'm scared of. If I'm looking at this, like, down the line. Well, they got, they got speed for days. Too. Right? I mean, of all these teams that are left, which one would you like to cancel out of the hunger games for the next two years? You get these young kids fat and happy, win your cup, and then they, you know, am I right? Because they're the, they're the team that I looked at that I go, hmm, that could be a young nucleus growing together really, I, I really get well. It. I just like to see Jack teams. Hughes. I like to see teams struggle a little bit before they get it. Well, I'm, I, I get that in terms of justice in the game. I get that. But I'm just, I, can't I see everything through my lightning glasses. Like, what, what's best for the lightning in this? And it's not for Florida to win. It's not for Toronto to win. Maybe Toronto. Toronto. Toronto's a team like that, too. Get them a cup, and then they'll be done for another 50 years. I think Florida's the same way. Yeah. I think Carolina, this is their almost their last hurrah. Yeah. They've kind of been knocking at the I'm door. I'm not worried about them down the road. I've never really been no. worried about them. They're no. always missing something for but me. But I'm worried about the Devils. So get them, get them a cup, get them fat and happy, and we can cross them off for another three years. Yeah. We've already good. crossed Boston off the list. <laughs> Out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're... You know, we talk about teams aging out. That team's aging out. Yeah, that's the worst thing when it comes to the Lightning and what they're going to look like. I mean, as long as this doesn't go the route of, like, a Chicago or a Pittsburgh where we just get super old all of a sudden, you have right. bloated contracts that you can't work with, and then you're trying to spend – or the Red Wings, for crying out loud, who have been spending 10 years now trying to get back to the playoffs. As long as the situations don't go like that, I'm okay with, every, with whatever else, with other scenario. I just don't want to end up like that. Drew Jetson says um, – Exactly, JP. We've sold out 340-plus games at Emily. Trade Stammer, it will change. Um, it's not going to be a good feeling. I just don't – it's just not something the Lightning would do. That's not on, on brand at all. And what's on brand is he takes a little bit of less money, keep the core together, we keep moving. That's on brand. It is. That's on brand. That's what, that's what we're looking for. Um, I think Corey Perry was a cheap spark plug. He was. I just feel like that's kind of over. Um, I, he I, wants to play. I know those guys want to play, but I, they've got to do something. RJ there. Martin says, I agree, JP. feel like people are making it going to panic mode, but I don't think there's much of a change coming, just a bit younger, if anything. Yeah. Why would you panic? You were the better team against Toronto. You just, you're exhausted. It's just, no. There's no reason to panic. There's just no, no reason to panic. Richie P says, buy low, sell high. If we wait a year, does the league see a deal for, St- uh, for Stammer worthwhile? Well, if you don't sign him to a deal this year, after next year he's going to be a, a UFA anyway. Right. And, you know, will he, be, will he have trade value at 35 years old? Or th- 34. Put, uh, 34, 35 years old? Is there, going, is there a lot of trade? Is there a lot of trade value for Stamkos right now? What are you getting back? And that's not I, a shot at Stammer. It's just, you know, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I would recoup have to, some of those, I would have those to first round apps assets. I would have to compare it probably to what Chicago got for Patrick King. I think those are comparable situations. Yeah. Now I think Stamkos is in a much better spot in his career playing wise than Patrick Kane was going to New York. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kane was having an awful season yeah. before he got traded. And he got dealt for a, a twenty twenty three second. 
at a 20-25 fourth. Yeah. I'm not trading Stammer for that. No. 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 Absolutely not. 100, 100% no. And that was with Kane going into the last year of his deal, too. Well, I guess in their, in their case, that was getting something that they were probably going to get nothing. Yeah. So I get that. And trying to send a And I guess that's kind of where the light, lightning are. That's the thing, though. Like usually, just, usually when these things happen, here's the thing. This is why it almost makes no sense. Because usually when like, star players get traded right, that have been long-tenured, it's usually when they're in their mid-30s and the team they're on now is in a downward trend or they're in a really bad spot. That's kind of what Pittsburgh has had to kind of wrestle with now for the last few years with their core, and they've decided to keep running at the mill with it until now they've ran into the ground and now they're stuck with all of them for the next four years, right. and they're in hell. Yeah. This is a little bit different, like we said, because I don't think the Lightning are in as downward as a trend as maybe people think. Yeah. So this team still has a lot of good hockey in it. They have a lot of young players, and they're all kind of tied up for the future for the most part. I mean, you got the Ross Coltons of the world that you got to figure out with, but I think you get those guys relatively cheap. So that's kind of why it probably doesn't make sense to move him. Whereas a Patrick Kane, it made all the sense in the world because he was just going to die in his career in Chicago. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get to some of your comments here. We're also uh, going to get into some NFL talk, uh, some Bucks talk as well. Um, Dave Archer is going to join us at eleven fifteen. He is the analyst on Falcons Radio, former NFL quarterback. Always great to talk with. Dave will get a feel for what the Falcons did in the draft and what they look like going forward. So, quick break. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S lawgroup.com. We'll see uh, Scott Jeeves tomorrow. going to come in and uh, visit with us. If you have any legal questions, uh, you can always tweet us up and we'll, we'll hit them up with that. Quick break. Back in a moment. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will 
represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. All right. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go! Right now. Back to the show with JP on Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. Uh, Dave Archer is going to join us at 11.15, and we'll talk some Atlanta Falcons draft. Uh, but in the meantime, we want to say thank you to Bay Area Modern Medical Center, who was our sponsor for our second hour, BAMMC.com. If you're looking to get leaned up, they have this new true body machine where they hook you up and um, basically melt the fat off you, melt the fat away, get your abs defined, just connect that thing. 
and uh, they're they're getting great results with people who are overweight. Um, he's got uh, Dr. Lugar talked about the fashion models that are coming in, or model, maybe not models, but they're <laughs> and they're leaning up as well. Maybe some of those problem areas. So uh, check it out. It's uh, t- technology can help you out. Of course, nutrition will get you on a good workout program as well. All that stuff to take a whole body approach and a personalized approach to your health. So highly recommend uh, Chris Lugo, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Go to BAMMC.com and get an appointment and do what a bunch of my friends are doing, getting healthy, losing weight, feeling good. Um, all right, I want to get to some of our comments before we get to There's, by the way, the, um, some Buccaneers assistant coaches are meeting with the media today, and some of those uh, quotes are coming out. So we'll get to those as we go through the show. One interesting one from defensive coordinator Larry Foote about Devin White that you just told me about. So we'll get to that. Um, all right, let's go to some of the comments. And I have to get this in here. The Chick-fil-A after a home bolts win just hits differently, R.J. Martin says. I got to believe. That free any Anytime you get free Chick-fil-A, and at a lot of lightning games, they hand out those little cards on the way out. Yeah, too. legit free. Yeah, legit free. That's, I mean, come on. Uh, Luke, uh, I think I'm definitely on board with this. They need a high velo swing and miss guy in the Rays bullpen. I think they're going to be looking for that at the deadline. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what who fits. Like Jason Adam, he was bumping it up to 96 yesterday. Yeah. I believe a couple times. Mm-hmm. I know he can do it, but he's obviously more of a slider specialist. I think Clevenger can pump it up a little bit, and then Fairbanks. But after that, it's kind of more finesse. Yeah, in that bullpen, not the horse. The horses are not in the stable like they used to be. Drew Jetson says, "Go get a Rawls Chapman." It's a little out of our respectfully. Price range. <laughs> hell no, <laughs> no thank That you. guy is is. I don't. I don't like. I don't like everything above above the neck in a Rawls Chapman. I'm good. Um, Luke says they do have Rayford and Colby White. Recover from injuries, they fit that high leverage profile. Yeah, AAA guys that they're high on. Yeah, yeah. And one of them up there was, do you think Patino gets a shot? I, I think the Rays are so incredibly out on Luis Patino. I think The fact so that too. they have had injuries like they've had so far, and they haven't even, I don't even think they've even entertained. And Yanni Chirinos was ahead of them in the pecking order, and Yanni's been good. Yanni looks a lot like himself Patino from years ago. Patino has never impressed me. His stuff isn't impressive. <laughs> it's not. I'd like to see them test him as a... I don't know what's going on in Durham necessarily. I don't have my my finger on the pulse of that team necessarily, but I'd like to see them test him out as a as a uh, one of those relievers. Like he reminds me of a guy like Wade Davis. Remember when they raised tried to make him a starter? Yeah. And he went to be a closer, and he became an all star closer. Yeah. I think Luis Patino needs to try that out. Because well, I just do something different. Just That's let him em- just let him empty the tank for an inning and see what he can give you. Mm-hmm. I would would agree with that. Um, Look at that. Or right, go ahead. Uh, going back to the Bolts, did you see Maroon saying he was going to practice his trash talking this summer by calling Shen in a few weeks? <laughs> I did see that little video they put out there. <clears throat> Luke, I would not, what if I get Luke Shen back? He was a pain in my pain in our ass. God, I watched that game yesterday. Luke Shen's playing really good hockey. He is. He's found a pairing there with Morgan Riley. Yeah, that's a good plug and play guy. Yeah, uh, that was one of those guys that we thought we were going to try to reacquire. And Toronto beat us to the punch on that, probably because they had more money. I mean, Julian's trying. They had to, more roster flexibility. Yeah, way more roster flexibility than not. So, I, I know, I know, <laughs> they really would have liked to have him back. But just, just you're so cash strapped. It's just, it's tough. To, yeah. You can't do it all. Recent comment here from Jeremy Lowe. I guess this just came out. Kalijah Kansi is going to be wearing number 94 in that D line. 
I wanted to see him in a single digit. I think there's rules. He couldn't do it. No, you can wear single digits now. I don't think at his position because he identifies as a defensive lineman. Identifies as a defensive lineman. <laughs> He can, so that means he can use the defenseman lineman if he bat, would, if he would bathroom have, now? If he, would, <laughs> if he would have identified as a linebacker, I think he would have been able to wear number eight. <laughs> Stop. Whatever. And uh, guess who's going to wear 69? Cody Malk. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. Somewhere I hear Gronk laughing. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm on, the, I'm on the, uh, the right spectrum here for liking that pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to, can't he's not going to look right in a 94. Didn't Greg Spires wear 94? That's the only person I could ever see in that number as a buck. 94 or 91? That was Greg Spires. 94? Greg Spires wore that Green? number. Carl Nassib wore that number. Yeah. Okay. Not a big number. Jose Ramirez rocking 33. Mm-hmm. 33? 33. That's interesting. That's a running back number. Yeah. That's a good number. It's an underrated number. I'm trying to think of a great 33, though. Dalvin Cook was a great 33 until he became number four again. God, I don't even remember him wearing 33. Yeah, before they made the change. Who's the best 33 in football history? I'm trying to remember a 33. Has there been a great 33? There's a running back that's... that's uh, um, There's a lot of running... Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell. No, he was 34. Oh, you're right. Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett, that's who I was thinking of. Thirty-three, yes. Roger Craig. Roger Craig. I was just gonna say him too. I thought uh, it, it kind of falls off after that, though. Yeah, like, it's, been, this, a, it's this, been a minute since we've list, had a good thirty-three. On this list, the third one on the list is Ronnie Harmon. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a minute since we've we've had a good thirty. I don't even remember. Charles Peanut Tillman wore thirty-three. You even remember a Buccaneer that's worn thirty-three? Even a crappy one, or anyone? 33. Was Eric Rett 33? Eric Rett? Yeah. Mm. Eric, yeah, you, you spell E-R-R-I-C-T. Eric Rett. Yeah, he was, the, he was the running back they took in, like, the first round, right? Yeah, back from in the day. Florida. Yeah. Taking Gators in the first round, man. I don't know what. Has that ever worked out? Has that ever worked out? Don't hit me. Eric Rett was 32. 32. 32. I can't remember. Wilder was 32. Who was 33? I don't think we've had one. I don't know if they've had a single. If I can't think of one, then I'm guessing there's nobody Dwayne memorable. Thomas was 33. You don't remember him. He no. beat the Dolphins in a, in a Super Bowl. Anyway, um, yeah, Malk's going to wear 69. Durham take Durham is taking Gronk's 87. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That number should be retired. Uh, Thomas Casper says 3.5 million. Chapman, great synergy. Plug and play closer. Is he though? Still? Let me look at his numbers this year. He's, I don't know. He's kind of tucked away in what, Kansas City right now? Mm hmm. No. Yeah. He's been good this year. He's got a 174 ERA. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. Not getting many save opportunities because the Royals have seven wins right. on the season. So maybe they'd like to. He probably will get traded at the deadline. Maybe. Who knows? And there's, there's, always, there's always a. But a little bit of a little bit of pizzazz to to getting a former Yankee. But the Rays had beef with them him in though. the ass. We had beef with yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. He, he threw it. Uh, he threw it Brasso. Yeah, he threw it Brasso. I don't want that guy. And Brasso got him back though. I don't want that guy. I take Brasso. it back. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I don't. It doesn't feel very Rayish. No. Does it? No. It's kind of like I'm I remember. Like guy. remember a couple of years ago we were talking about Craig Kimbrell. Like did that ever yeah. really feel like a Ray guy? No. 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 Not at all. 
That was that was stupid when I said bring it. But I was talking more about go get some high price guy that can. Yeah, that, we were on our soapbox. That was at the worth. Time. That was that's worth the money. He clearly was not worth the money. Um, but yeah, Tom Richie pieces. Uh, Thomas Orlando is tripping over themselves trying to steal the Rays from us. What a joke! What a joke! <laughs> I don't think dumber than building another stadium in St. Petersburg would be building a stadium in Orlando. He said here that they're trying to build a $1.7 billion Major League Stadium in Orlando. Who's... <laughs> tax force in Orange County looking for tourist tax money. Who's... who's what? That's a, if you were Orlando, you would put that into a... You want to build a, a stadium, build a football stadium. Build a football stadium and try to get an NFL team or, or just host a bunch of college games all year long. They already long. got a pro team, JP. Yeah, that nobody, no, nobody, still nobody supports. And they the were magic. the worst one. They went like one and nine this year. What's what's that? The Orlando Guardians or whatever they are. They went one and nine. They were awful. I can't. I'm sorry. I don't even. I don't even. I cannot follow. Did you know the USFL is going on right now? Yeah, I did. I, I saw it on this weekend because it's like they put it on like big channels, and I'm like, I'm not tuning into this. Yeah. Like I just can't do it. I love when they make Colin talk about it because it's a Fox product. Yeah, and Colin has to beef it up a little like, bit. Act like he really cares. <laughs> I have been following like what's going on with the Battle Hawks. Like, yeah, Anthony, I saw Anthony, Anthony Beck Anthony, this weekend. Anthony Beck's doing a bang up job with yeah, that team. Yeah. Yeah, he's all. He's all he, and they he get a like, great year. And they get like thirty-five to forty k in that stadium. That's yeah, a team right. that deserves an NFL team again. Yeah, St. Louis deserves an NFL team with Absolutely. the right ownership, hundred percent. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Dave Archer is gonna join us from Atlanta. We're gonna talk about the Falcons draft. What's going on up in Atlanta? We shall find out. Stay with us. can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Fan Stream Sports with J.P., 
All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group and Italiano Insurance. Great time to get that insurance checkup. They can save you tons of money. They saved me $1,000 on my car insurance last year and are saving folks tons of money on homeowners insurance because rates are going up and you need a new, uh, maybe a new company to come in and take a little of that, uh, that price down. They can do that for you. They'll do all the shopping. You get all the money. So Italiano Insurance, 813 877 99. All right, let's welcome in our good friend from Atlanta, the great Dave Archer, uh, who does their uh, games on radio, my former colleague. What's up, Dave? How are you, my friend? Good, JP. Doing well. How are you? Great. Is it, warm, is it warming up there in Atlanta now? You're getting out to the golf course, shooting 65 every day as you normally do? Yes. Well, I'm getting out to the course. 65 has not come yet. The wind has been blowing like there's a hurricane blowing in up here, but the weather yeah. is nice. A little chilly, but the wind's been... Wind's been blowing, so it's not been conducive to the ball going where I'm looking. <laughs> so that has not worked out well for me. I know the feeling. Uh, well, I tell you what, uh, the winds of change are definitely blowing in Atlanta for that running game. And uh, you got a good one in B. John Robinson. Um, after Tyler Algier ran for 1,000 yards, what's, who was a fifth-round pick, now you got the best running back in the draft maybe in the past five years are people excited about this? Was it a curious pick to some? What are your thoughts? Well, I think the latter would probably apply here, JP. I think that uh, you know how this fan base can be up here. You worked up here. Yes. This is a it's an interesting fan base. When you don't, don't draft Georgia players, then <laughs> then there's something wrong. So I guess everybody that lives in Athens is going to move to Philadelphia. I guess, I guess. Yeah. but. Um, but it's uh, it's been interesting. Jalen Carter was still on the board, of course, the big-time defensive tackle for Georgia when Atlanta picked. Atlanta decided to go with B. John Robinson. There's a very decided plan as to what they want to do. They did a lot of stuff in free agency, which set them up to be able to do some stuff away from the defensive side of the ball. And you mentioned B. John Robinson was the best offensive player in the draft. Um, the guy does it all. I don't need to – you guys have probably yeah. sung all his accolades, and I don't really need to – dive into everything he can do, but he's there's just another level that he takes the run game to. This was the number three rushing team in the league a year ago, averaging just over 156 yards a game. So you say, why would you add to something like that? Well, this guy gives you home run ability. Um, Tyler Algier, outstanding banger, a uh, guy that was a sledgehammer type runner. Yeah. But uh, B. John Robinson has the ability to make a, a, a five-yard play, a 60-yard play, and he can do it in the passing game as well. So that was a positive, you know, surround your young quarterback with more more players with abilities. And now they've got Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, and B. John Robinson. We know Algier uh, can catch the ball, but C.P. was a former wide receiver that's playing running back, and, and B. John Robinson's ability to catch the ball is very similar. Mm-hmm. Now, sudden you go from a look where it looks like a wishbone to you explode and you got nobody <laughs> in the backfield and you're throwing the ball to people. So yeah. it makes it tough to prepare for. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, and, and obviously the quarterback position is going to get a lot of attention, and, and we saw Desmond Ritter at the end of last year, and obviously the Falcons did as well. Um, did they? This this helps any quarterback, right, when you have a tremendous running game and a guy that you can just flip the ball in a screen pass and you know get almost an automatic 7 to 15 yards. That's, that's going to help your quarterback as well, right? Yeah, you said it. Uh, the running game is the best friend of a running back. Uh, running game is the best friend of a quarterback. And then you've got those guys, uh, those big receivers that have the catch radiuses of, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts that you put on the field with him as well. And now all of a sudden your miss, your, your miss zone becomes much broader. Uh, and for a young quarterback, you're not going to be as uh, on target as you'd like to be every play. So 
as many guys on the field that can help make up maybe some of the deficiencies as a young player and an experienced player that you may have at quarterback, I think you go with that. And that's what Atlanta decided to do. Uh, you get Matthew Bergeron, offensive tackle out of Syracuse, with the number 38 overall pick in round two. Um, your thoughts on him and why they went O-line there? Well, a guy that if you all the guys that they picked are, are captains of their team, and so there's a there's a mentality that they're they're trying to get here from a leadership standpoint, from a, a buy-in standpoint to come in and and apply yourself. Bergeron certainly fly, uh, applies there. He's a guy that uh, had uh, a tremendous amount of uh, success at the tackle spot. He'll kick inside, JP. I think okay. that they're envisioning him uh, bouncing inside the left guard. Six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds. 34-inch arms, 33-and-a-half-inch arms, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. So maybe a little bit short for an offensive tackle. But versatility, if you had somebody banged up or he could bounce outside and play there. Um, I see Zach Harrison, defensive end, Ohio State, um, in round three. And, and a bunch of these other guys I honestly don't know a lot about. You probably do. So kind of highlight the the other guys that the, the Falcons got. Yeah, real quickly, Zach Harrison probably didn't match up to the numbers that uh, Chase Young put up, Bosa put up up there. He was he was supposed to be that kind of guy, and those numbers didn't come that way. Six foot six, two hundred seventy pounds. We've got a new defensive coordinator here in Ryan Nielsen, uh, who envisions in and you'd like everybody to envision Cam Jordan, but he's a similar body size hmm. to Cam Jordan, and so you hope that maybe he can tutor him with Calais Campbell being here. Maybe they can tutor that guy into being a pretty good player and maybe reaching some of the heights he didn't at Ohio State. Clark Phillips, the fourth-round pick, was a first-team All-American. The only reason he didn't go earlier in the draft, he's 5'9", 185. Okay. He had nine career interceptions. He took four back for touchdowns. He's got a knack for playing the ball. I think he's a guy that will compete immediately to play the nickel uh, and then eventually maybe play some corner opposite A.J. Terrell. But Atlanta added two former first-rounds in Mike Hughes, and Jeff Akuda, yeah. uh, former first-round draft picks that are going to come in and play corner here and maybe even play nickel. So it might be tough for Clark Phillips to get on the board. And then um, Hellams out of Alabama is their leading tackler, safety. He'll be a core special teams player, potentially get on the field at some point. But Jesse Bates coming in at safety. And Richie Grant, their second-round pick from a couple years ago, probably have those spots nailed down. But depth, adding depth. And then Gwen, the big offensive guard from uh, South Carolina, started 47 consecutive games, another captain. Yeah. of his team, and a guy that can play guard and center, so some swing ability there. All right, so as you look at this team now, um, I mean, obviously it's it's exactly what Arthur Smith wants. It's a heavy run team that uh, also has, I mean, you still got Drake London, still got Kyle Pitts, which, uh, you know, everybody wants to see Kyle Pitts more involved. So as you look at this team now heading in to this next season, where, where uh, what do you think and what are the strengths and weaknesses of this team? Well, the biggest, I guess the biggest strength is it's a 60-minute team. I think the teams that played them a year ago found that out. Yeah. Um, Atlanta played in 13 one-score games. They only found a way to win five of those 13 one-score games. Um, so you like the fact that you're in virtually every game you play. They went 6-3 and three at home, which was a flip. I think offering to win in their own building, this new building up here, has not been uh, the friendly confines by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. They began to switch that around a little bit. But, yeah, they're going to run the football. They're going to try to really play physical. They want to hit you in the mouth. This is a, a certainly a transition from the team you and I covered in the mid-2000s. Mid yes. uh, it was a finesse team that wanted to throw the football, you know, try to turn you over a little bit on, on defense and just kind of bend and no break. They want to hit you in the mouth for 60 minutes. So it's a definite change, and it certainly emulates who their coaches. Yeah, no question about that. So where, where's the fan base now? You mentioned the, the new building. Um, they need, you know, obviously they got to get a better 
atmosphere in there. They got to get people on board. You know, they don't take Jalen Carter. They take Bijan Robinson. So I'm, I'm sure you're, the sports radio, as you mentioned, probably bitching up a storm still. Um, there have probably been some other whiffs that, that they would want back from hometown guys that they could have had there. Where, where's the fan base right now? Well, I think that the fan base needs to be reminded, and I'm constantly doing it, and those that uh, <laughs> that are in my, in my camp are doing it as well. There's a number of kids that play on other teams from other schools that are Georgia kids, and they've got a bunch of guys. Georgia is one of those states. You know, yeah. Florida, Texas, California lead the way, but Georgia and Ohio and, and a couple other states are those ancillary states, so there's a ton of kids ton playing of college football other than at Georgia or Georgia Tech. So um, I think they have to be reminded of that. I think they'll come around. But like, uh, like I've said a million times, I know you've said it, um, if you win football games, it doesn't matter what the team in Athens is doing and, and whether we drafted those guys. I'm still going to go watch the Falcons play if they're winning games, and that's the key. And I think they're beginning to flip the switch. Um, this is the first time Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith had money to spend. They had they were hamstrung the first two years and strung two seven and ten seasons together, really with bailing wire. Now they had a chance to bolt some things down, go get some players they wanted, spend some money, and this is a much deeper, much better team across the board in the fifty three they're gonna take to the take to game day. So uh they, the optimism is pretty high, especially what's going on in the conference. Yeah. I mean, I, I, throw throw all four teams in the air. Who's going to win it? Yeah. I think that there's so many changes on all four teams that I think it's a grab bag to the shoot. Yeah, I was going to hit you with that question next. Give me a little your thoughts on the, the quarterbacks in this in this division now with Bryce Young going number one overall to the Panthers. Um, I'm, I, I love what you see on tape. There's no question the kid's incredibly talented, a great leader. But, man, I just can't get over how small he is, and not just height-wise. Yeah. He just, I mean, he he may have been 205 at the combine, but I, the guy I saw in the draft in that that tight suit looked about 175. What, can he can he hold up? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, he was 205, and I, th- I think they put twenty dollars a quarters in his pockets <laughs> when he stepped up on the scale. But uh, he's a little dude. He's a savant when it comes to quarterback. I think that from quarterback play and the guys I've watched come out recently, as far as understanding how to play the game, throws, throwing people open seeing things pre-snap, getting your team in and out of the right plays, all the things you want a quarterback to do from a cerebral standpoint, and even some of the physical stuff, the throws he can make. He's got a good arm, his ability to stay alive in the pocket. But you said it, JP, you're playing 17 games against, arguably, when you start talking about Alabama, they played maybe a couple of games this year where they were playing talent that was similar to theirs. He's going to be playing that 17 times in a row. 17 games he's going to play against guys that are as good, if not better, than anybody he's got around him. And so the battle of attrition is on. You know, how can he stand up? Because you know as a quarterback, I mean, having played that position, I, you're going to stand in there and take shots to yeah. let the ball go. I've got to hit a guy a deep in route. I've got to be able to willing to eat a helmet to let that go on time. And you're going to take shots that don't lead to sacks, but do lead to how your body feels on a Tuesday or Wednesday the following week. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays out. But I, I would say on the paper – um, what Derek Carr's got to play with in New Orleans, to me, would maybe give them a little bit of a uh, of a, an advantage. Yeah, uh, they've got some they get some really good receivers, good running backs. I think it's a solid O line. They've got a good solid defense coming back. So, I would think that New Orleans, in just by a by a tick, would be maybe my favorite. And then I would put Tampa, Atlanta, and Carolina in the in the same boat. I don't know yeah. what Carolina is going to be with the new cube. I mean, Baker Mayfield does he hit the ground running down there? Uh, in in uh, Tampa, yeah, I know yeah. there's been some guys that have wanted out of Tampa. They're a little disgruntled. 
I know Devin White made some noise and stuff. What's that? What's going on there? Yeah. Did they settle that down? There's a lot of optimism here in Atlanta, so I think there's. Uh, it's still like I said, it's a grab bag. Throw it up in the air and see who lands. Yeah, I think I think Baker and, and Trask uh, that co- that competition is going to be really really interesting. Uh, I don't know what you thought about Trask coming out, but I mean the numbers were just off the charts at Florida. Um, but it, it, you know, and everybody looks at it the situation that he hasn't been able to beat out Blaine Gabbard and does. You know, when Tom Brady was here, he ran that room. I don't, I don't, I don't make anything of that. I'll be just interested to see how this looks. And, and also with the new, with Canales, the new coordinator coming in who loves, you know, to get that quarterback on the move, which is something Baker Mayfield does right. I mean, he, he can move. He can throw on the run. This is going to be a totally different offense. And I think a way better offense, frankly, um, without Brady. So I, I'm interested. I'm very excited. I don't think that the, you know, the Bucks aren't winning the Super Bowl. I don't know if anybody from this division is, but I'm just interested to see what it's going to look like. And I'm, I'm semi-optimistic. What do you think about Baker and Trask? Yeah, I think that it's going to be a fun, fun one to play out. I got a chance to do Trask last game uh, as an SEC player. Obviously, yeah. he went on and played in a bowl game, and he didn't have any of his weapons around him, but. When he had all his weapons around him, and it was a that was a talented core of receivers at Florida. Yeah. When they played when they played here in the Georgia Dome, uh, ended up losing to Alabama in a really close game, but he lit it up in the game. And I thought he was much more athletic than people were giving credit for. Yes. He's a big dude, but a big kind of bruising type dude. You know, kind of a Ben Roethlisberger yes. yeah. type of body or type of mover that can pull it down and take off and get a first down. But I think that what's going to help Tampa is changing the launch point for the quarterback. I think that when yep. you, Brady's not going anywhere, but now that you got a couple of guys, and, and Baker in particular, they can change the launch point. Now all of a sudden, from a pass rush standpoint, um, that helps the offensive line, Big and time. that might even help the run game get going as well. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to tell everybody. Like, oh, we lost Tom Brady. He's the only reason we won games last year late in the game. I'm like, well, he's also the reason you lost games. <laughs> and a lot of them. So, But nobody yeah. wants to say that. You're not allowed to say that out loud, but... You know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, Dave, great stuff as always, my friend. Uh, love you coming on. Thanks for your time, and we'll, we'll chat with you down the road. Thanks for having me, man. You take care of yourself. Right. Um, I, think, I think Atlanta's, Atlanta's a team you don't want to play. It's like, like Dave said, I didn't know that, that one-score game stat. That's, but it doesn't surprise me because when they came in here, they manhandled the Bucks a little bit. They did. I, I thought they were much better than their record indicated. Now, you've got to learn how to finish off those games, but – they brought in a lot of veterans like Calais Campbell and David Onyemata in the middle. They're going to be a lot tougher on the D-line. They still have Grady Jarrett there. Uh, Jesse Bates is a pro, is a pro Bowl safety that's played in a Super Bowl. You take a chance on Okuda, who took strides last year, but the Lions clearly have given up on him. So change of scenery. you got Terrell outside. That's what I like is their defense has been a problem for years. Yeah. And they finally have added some veteran DNA to go around with some pretty good draft picks, I'd argue, in the last few years. So... I think Atlanta's that team that's just kind of lingering there in the division where everybody's talking about Carolina right now, Carolina, obviously New Orleans. But I think Atlanta, I almost like them just as much as those teams at the moment. It, I, but, of course, it comes down to Ritter. Yeah. I'm concerned about the Bucks stopping their run game. And now with B. B John Robinson, they couldn't stop their run game last year without Algier. Okay? No. And uh, – how much better, you know, we'll see what Kalajikanski can do in terms of the run game. I think he's going to help the Bucks in the run game because he's so slippery. He's going to create, you know, especially at teams that like to move, and I think um, the Falcons are, move their offensive linemen, pull guys. You know, you get a disruptor, a guy that can get into the backfield. That messes up the timing of the offensive line. 
in their combo blocks. So I think he's going to help in the in the run game. But you know, Devin White is just not um, you know again can't get off blocks. Um, you know, we'll, we'll 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 see how he reacts to this whole you know need a new contract thing and everything. I just I'm concerned about the Bucks' ability to stop the run, especially against an Atlanta team that's going to want to run it down your throat and be John Robinson. I mean, you with if you get a run game that can get a thousand yards out of uh, Algier, I think think what B. John Robinson's going to going to add. Plus, and now you've got you know a quarterback in Ritter who can get the ball down the field and he can run too. He gives you he gives you a lot of wiggle. So I think I think the Falcons are an interesting team. Yeah, and a very I, interesting. And team. even for years to come, if Ritter's the guy and you have that guy on this this rookie contract for at least the next three years, yeah. I mean, you can. Keep, That's why you can bring in the Anyamadas. Exactly. And, and the, yeah, this yeah. was the year they finally had money to spend, and I think they spent it pretty wisely. So I, I like the feel of what's going on in Atlanta. I mean, you were in Atlanta, and I'm. I don't know about the whole thing, but they freak out when they don't pick the Georgia players. And yeah, that fan base is delusional and stupid. <laughs> they're just not. They're just. They're a dumb fan base. They. It's like Dave. You know, they just. They just. They. They're emotional. They. You know. They just. They don't. I don't. I don't think they know football very well. As a in, in general, they just they look at names on the back of shirts and you know, and, and what Arthur Smith wants to do is not flashy. It's not you know. It's not shiny new toys. It's badass guys that know how to play football and will pound you. He's looking and for in his, the end, he's looking for his Derrick Henry. Yeah, and in the end, that wins a lot of football games in this league. It wins a lot of football games in this league. I'm not making out Atlanta to be. You know this Super Bowl contender, but if you're looking down your nose at them as a Buccaneer fan, stop doing it because no. they should have they should have swept you last year. Yeah, and they, they got to find though. I mean, the only thing that gives me pause with them is their weapons. I think they're a little short there because Drake London and Kyle Pitts are nice. Their second receiver on the depth chart is Mac Hollins, and third is Scotty Miller. So they're a little weak. Yeah, they're a little weak there. But those, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are legit. They are, they are, but you know, you got two, you know, you got two legits. They did add Johnu Smith, who was a bust in New yeah, England, right, but right. When, when Arthur Smith had him in Tennessee, he was one of the better receiving tight ends in the league. And I'm not under the assumption that this is going to make it harder for Kyle Pitts to get to get no. the ball his way by any means. But so, I mean, there is something there though with Atlanta overall. Yeah, um, and the, you know, what we're going to uh, do the Saints and the Panthers the next couple of days as well. So we'll, we'll dive into what's going on all around the NFC South. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, get into a little bit more of the uh, national perspective. I watched the Lakers and the Warriors last night. That was interesting. I tell you what, when AD wants to play, the, the Lakers are tough. They, they, they showed me a little something last night. So uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk some NBA, some NHL, uh, and also um, – Top Golf at Raymond James Stadium. We gave away some tickets yesterday. We're going to tell you more about that if you're interested. So stay with us. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans Dream Sports. All right, welcome back. Our thanks to Dave Archer for joining us. Man, <laughs> this offseason is going to look so long. I want to, God, I want to get to football. He'll be here. Already. He'll be here before you know it. I know, I know, I know. I'm just, uh, I guess it's going to be such a fun year for the for the Buccaneers. I know a lot of Bucks fans are dreading this, and they yeah, they might be bad. I don't – it could go south. It could. There's I a scenario it. there, but I, unless they get – I don't. I think that's if they get seriously injured. Uh, my biggest – that bad. My, my biggest fear, once again, on this team is not the personnel. It's, it's the coaching. The coach. It's the coaching. And, um, you know, and it's not just – it's not just – I mean, in worst-case scenario – and this is not, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, but just keeping it real, you know, Bowles' track record as a head coach is not good. It's True. really bad, as a matter of fact. You look at the overall record. Now, has he matured as a coach? I, I, sent, I sent something different in him this, this offseason. He's much more in charge. He feels more like the head coach instead of somebody who was given the team as a caretaker, you know. So I like that part of it, and I hope that, there are changes in the way he does things 
and is more and keeps these guys accountable because we didn't see that last year. We have an offensive coordinator that's never called plays and never done this before. With a quarterback that he's not worked with uh, in a quarterback competition, bringing in a new offense, you know, Tristan Wirfs is tra- changing to the left side. That's going to take some adjustment. There's, I mean, um, nothing of that says, oh, that's a home run. I think there's a lot of possibility there. You've got, you've got, you know, Godwin coming back and Evans is still two of the best in the game. Um, you know, hopefully Kate Otten can grow a little bit into the role. Um, you know, what is, uh, you, you've got a running game and Rashad White, who I think could be really, really good. Um, how explosive can he be? I think you got some pieces there. That said, it could also fall flat on its face. The offensive line doesn't come together. They don't, you know, Canales doesn't know what he's, he's doing. Over his skis. He's in, he's over his skis. That's why Seattle never made him the coordinator. You know, um, there's st- still dysfunction on the offensive line. You know, Rashad White is not the guy. You know, it, there's a there's a lot that can go wrong all, there. All too. this tells me is that they're just somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yep. they're somewhere in the middle. They're somewhere and in the middle. And on the flip, on the on the, truthfully speaking, if you're somewhere in the middle, right, on the flip side of the Tom Brady tenure, I mean, is that that bad? It no. could be a lot worse. No. They could no. be in a lot worse of a spot on the flip side of the Tom Brady era. Yep, and I still and I feel like they're they're they've got some pieces that they're building with. Yeah, you know. Yeah. In the meantime, though, as you wait for football season, you know what you can do. What's that? You can continue following the the Aaron Rodgers sweeps. The Aaron Rodgers drama continuing. What what's going on? Maybe with Maybe not drama, but you see the signing they made today. What Randall Cobb? Randall Cobb. You don't like this? No. Why? He's been washed and cooked for years, and this just smells like the Jets are so desperate. They're so desperate to have Aaron Rodgers love them that they're like, what do you want, Aaron? What do you want? What do you want? Randall Cobb? Cool. Randall Cobb, let's get him. Let's get him. Like, they're falling for the same trap the Packers did the last few years where they're just letting Aaron run the show. Can someone tell the guy no? Why do you need Randall Cobb? Well, you've just had... Randall Cobb stinks. You just had... Brady do it in Tampa, and everybody thinks this is the secret sauce. Okay, well, go you get, want a Super Bowl? Go get a Hall of Fame quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is not that guy, though. He's not I, I Tom Brady. Think, I don't think so either. And, and the I, guys that in the guys that Tom Brady's bringing with him, we're talking about Antonio Brown, talented as hell. We're talking about Rob Gronkowski. We're talking about Hall of Famers here. Leonard Fournette. I'm not talking about Randall Cobb. Ooh, yeah. And Alan Lazard. Well, Alan Lazard, I think, is a good piece. Billy Turner. Familiarity on the line, I guess, a little bit. Whatever. My point is, it's like you didn't. So you decided at fifteen. It's like, no, we won't take Jackson Smith and Jigba. We're good. No, we won't get Odell Beckham Jr. We're good. But you know what? We'll go get that Randall Cobb, though. We'll go get that Randall Cobb because Rogers loves to work with him, and it's easy for him. Come on. And and by the way, if you're Garrett Wilson, who's like the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, are you looking at that and going, "There goes thirty of my targets to get to throw it to his boy." Uh, I can't run out of, you know, run away from anybody. Well, I mean, I'll give Rodgers credit. He's already working out with Garrett Wilson, and he said he reminds him of Devontae Adams. So he's all over the place in New York. He's at the Knicks games. He's at the Rangers games. He's really kind of like becoming one of the New York community. He seems like he fits right in. I will say that. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's going to work out like they think it's going to work out. I don't because of the AFC. The AFC is just way too talented for me for it to work out the way they want it. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. 
Um, all right, let's uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to. It looks like we're, this, this is going to work. We're going to take you straight to Raymond James Stadium for a look at the Top Golf setup that's going on this week. This is cool. We gave away a bunch of tickets yesterday, so congrats to all you guys that got the tickets. Jack Elmore from Top Golf is going to join us next live on the stream. I can see him already at Raymond James Stadium. He's about to hit a driver into the into the pirate ship. Oh, this is going to be fun. All right, stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports. All right, welcome back. We got a uh, fun thing going on this weekend at Raymond James Stadium. You can play Top Golf in Raymond James Stadium. Jack Elmore from Top Golf is uh, joining us live on the stream. What's up, Jack? How you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you guys? Good. We see you. We can hear you well. I see the whole setup there. I see the Top Golf uh, targets in the background. Tell us about what's going down this weekend at Raymond James. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just putting on the finishing touches right now, but uh, we will be activating um, all throughout the next four days. So Thursday through Sunday, uh, tee time starting at 11 a.m. each day, and you can come out here and hit some balls right out onto the field uh, where the Bucks play. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty That's pretty cool. So Tom Brady was down there uh, playing last year, and now we're hitting golf balls into the uh, – the... now, is, are there nets up on the – can we hit the pirate ship? Like, how's this going to work? So, um, hitting the pirate ship is extremely frowned upon, so uh, we actually are maxing out at nine irons, and we use our patented top tracer technology, so we'll be tracing every shot out here, and it tabulates your points and uh, shows up on the screen right here at your bay, so you can uh, come out here and take as many hacks as you want. Well, I got to tell you, Jack, no one can can hit a, a, a nine iron on the uh, on the bottom side, like I can, it's, and and turn it into a four iron and hit it right into that thing, and not on purpose, by the way. So no no fear of, of damaging that that billion dollar scoreboard down there or any of that stuff. No, no fear of any of that stuff. But if you do want to get a closer look, we also offer, uh, in addition to our general admission package, which I kind of just walked through, we also have a VIP package, which gets you that hour of hitting but you also get a tour of the locker rooms uh, as well as the pirate ship itself uh, as well as some gifting and drink tickets and things like that so you can get your fill of uh actually nice. visiting the pirate ship if you'd like that's really really cool 
You got any questions, Nick? Nick going to come to come out there on one of these days. Yeah. So how do the the tea times then talk us through that? The tea time selection is it like you walk up and you get it, or is this a is a pre kind of determined tea time when you buy a ticket? Yes, great question. So it is uh, predetermined tea time. So if you go to topgolflive.com, um, all the available tea times are on there. So uh, starting at 11, like I said, it's hour segment. So it's as many shots as you want to hit um, within that hour time span. Then we have a 10-minute break to collect balls. So you'll see tea times every hour and uh, every hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, and like when you go to like normal Top Golf, obviously there's like you know food and drinks and all kind of entertainment going around. Are we going to have more of that stuff here uh, during this type of event? Yeah, so um, you kind of get your normal game day experience in that regard. So we'll have concessions open, you know, full bar uh, menu, everything that you want. And in addition to hitting here, we also have something called the clubhouse, which has a lot of different chipping games. Uh, we've got. PJ Tour 2K23 video games to play, um, lots of stuff to hang out. So uh, if you want to come and get a full day experience, uh, you're more than welcome to do so as well. All right, well let's let's have some fun. You're gonna hit a couple shots there. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. What are you What are you yeah. aiming for? What are you looking at? I'm gonna go. I don't know how much you guys can see there. Can we can see, see it pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going for blue, but this is my first shot of the day, so okay. no judgment. <laughs> Good swing. Good swing. Going for the blue. What do we got? It, it, went, uh, it missed the blue. All right. We'll missed the blue. All right. We'll give you one. I'm betting he, I'll bet you five bucks he hits it this time. We're wagering on you. We're doing. We're gambling. Well, you can't see. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my man, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He owes you five bucks. There you go. Oh, it was right in the middle. Bullseye. Bullseye. Absolutely. Hey, uh, um, I hear they're building a, a new Top Golf in St. Petersburg, right? It's I don't think it's that's open right. Yet. Yes, it will be opening uh, this summer. That's uh, something really exciting that uh, we're coming to town for another another location. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So, same Top Golf experience uh, the whole night. I've seen the nets are all up. It's looking good. Correct. Yes, we're putting on the finishing touches there. But um, if you've ever been to a Top Golf, same experience that you'd have there. Multi-level bays with our uh, patented targets out there and that same tracing technology i was speaking about here exists there and uh just a whole lot of ways to entertain yourself and have some fun with friends this this thing uh i hate to tell you this but uh and i'm still pissed about this jack but i invented top golf about 20 years ago in the atlanta airport on a napkin and i didn't follow <laughs> through so i'm still waiting for my royalties that said oh, okay. this has exploded over the you know over the last 10 years and people have gotten in golf itself, especially since COVID has exploded. Why, I mean, tell us a little bit about the growth of this company and, and how much success you guys are having and making the game more mainstream. Yes, absolutely. That's that's a huge goal for, for Top Golf as a company. We have a company goal to hit uh, 50 billion golf balls by the end of 2025. And, and wow. we really want to do that by being the champions of what we call modern golf. So. Um, you know, we, we are all for any type of golf, so nothing against the you know, traditional green grass, but we're trying to just offer a little more um, welcoming kind of atmosphere to a lot of people who are newer to the game um, and use that as, as a way to invite a lot of people to, you know, come play around with friends and uh, enjoy the game of golf. But yeah. to your point, it's exploding, so we're, we're really happy to, to be a part of that. It's great stuff, uh, and I, I love uh, all the different, I mean, you guys, I'll just say it. You got a lot of hot girls in in high heels that love to hit golf balls, and I love watching their beautiful swings. 
And uh, it's <laughs> it's sexist, I know, to say something like that. But the, watching the beautiful women hit golf balls and having fun at Top Golf, it brings out a lot of guys. I just love the whole vibe. It's fantastic. So we're looking forward to it. All right, so Top Golf Live, is that where they go to get the tickets? Yes, topgolflive.com will uh, get you everything you need for either that VIP package, the general admission, or that clubhouse I mentioned. If you just want to come to the stadium and, and check that out but not hit any golf balls, we have some packages around that as well. All so, right, cool. Sounds great. Thanks for everybody. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. And that looks Absolutely. good. It's fantastic out there. I can't wait to get out there. Thanks, partner. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Uh, that, look, that looks like fun. Uh, if you're heading out to Raymond James, we gave away some tickets uh, yesterday, so enjoy it. This it shows the weather's going to be fantastic. You look at uh, it right there; it looks ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Buck fan, that's kind of that's in a golfer. It's like kind of a must do, right? Yeah, and I think like if you wanted to upgrade the package, I think that's the way to go. Right, get some drink tickets, some food, see the locker room if you haven't been in there. Yeah, which is cool. Which is cool. Yeah, they're putting a new golf uh, top golf in Carolina. So um, that's where at Caroline, uh, right across the street from. Like when you pull when you pull out and you're getting on. St. Pete terminology. You can't. Out there. You, you don't see the nets. I guess I've missed it completely. You come on, if you're coming over the Gandy into St. Pete, you look up to your right. You can see the nets. They're already up. It's huge. And it's like you can you could definitely see it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And you've been to the one in, in Tampa, right? Oh, absolutely. And I love that there's two locations because the Top Golf Tampa one gets I mean, crowded. It's very. It's always very crowded. It's done very well. That, I think it's on Palm River Road there on Falkenberg. So right. uh, I'm glad that there's another another option here, and the St. Pete residents don't have to come to Tampa yeah. to go to it. There you go. So, yeah, definitely needed. It's going to take some of the pressure off the one in Tampa, and you can finally get a bay at a certain time you want to do it. So, yeah, if you've not done it, it's uh, it, it's great fun. This is a great little spinoff on Top Golf too. So if you've not done it and you want to get out uh, this weekend, it's a great great way to go. Um, well, we, we can't leave without talking about this story. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have been rooting for this to happen, but not, I mean, not the way it happened. Jackson I mean, Mahomes, the younger brother of <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes, was arrested Wednesday and is facing charges of aggravated sexual battery, which doesn't shock me. Um, and there was video for this. It came out in February, I remember. And I guess they had compiled enough information and evidence to charge him finally. Yeah, a surveillance video published Wednesday by TMZ appears to show Mahomes kissing a woman while his hands are grasping her neck. Oh, that's not good. 40-year-old woman who was the owner of Aspen's Restaurant and Lounge in Overland Park also accused Mahomes of shoving a member of the restaurant's wait staff in a separate incident. Yeah. You know, and, and this, <clears throat> I mentioned this a little earlier, this happened in the Chase Club the other night. Yeah. To my girlfriend. Not that much. But Ashley was uh, harassed by a dude who also harassed other women in there. And, um, you know, hopefully there will, will be consequences of this. And there's, you know, men, train up your sons, okay? This is, I don't care how privileged you are, Jackson Mahomes. This type of behavior is inexcusable, and it, it people get away with it far too much. Men, especially older men, get away with this far too much. It's disgusting. It's despicable. I don't, you know, especially you affluent guys that think you can do this crap to women and just get away with it. And I'm glad that that this guy is is charged. It's on video, so I'm I feel comfortable saying that there is no he said she said here. This is despicable behavior. Yeah. And you know, if you have a kid, a son, um, at a young age, you teach them to respect 
women. You do not put your hands on women, ever, unless you're invited to. Okay? You understand that? You pigs out there that think you can do this stuff. I'm sorry. It pisses me off. And, and No, I, I agree. <laughs> that, dude, and, that dude in the chase club was lucky that Brian Bradley and myself did not yeah. do the things that we wanted to do to him. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And when it comes to Jackson Mahomes specifically, this reeks of somebody who has been entitled and arrogant the second his, son, his, uh, his brother got into the NFL. I mean, the TikTok videos are just, ugh, please. I mean, that's the best thing. If we don't have to see any more TikTok videos of Jackson Mahomes, thank goodness. But, I mean, remember when he stepped inside on Sean Taylor's memorial at the, at the Commander's game? Right, he steps over the rope and, and just decides to do his TikTok dance on his memorial, like just zero lack of understanding where you are. I mean, pouring the the beer and the champagne all over people that don't want it, getting in arguments with fans, and I hate it because it makes people probably dislike Patrick Mahomes, just completely who's unfair. like who's like the most chill guy and like the most stand up guy you could ever ask of an athlete. Probably like, no one hates it more than him. I mean, it's ridiculous. It looks it makes Patrick Mahomes has to deal with. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes has to get asked about this now. I don't know why you would ask Patrick Mahomes. No, but I mean, it's he, stupid. It's but. stupid, but it's it's his brother, and his brother is always at everything Patrick Mahomes is. He's just an entitled. He's a brat. Yeah, and he's an entitled brat. And, and when it gets to this, you got to you know maybe do something about it. Um, uh, not good. Um, all right, the Lakers win last night, one seventeen, one twelve. The Warriors were really bad in the final. I mean, they they came back and made a great push there at the fourth, but the last four or five possessions. This, the, the Lakers did a great job of bottling up Stephen Curry. He couldn't get a shot off. When they didn't get a shot when off. When they put a Vanderbilt on Steph Curry, yeah, I think he was two for eleven from the field with yeah. Vanderbilt covering him. Good move by Rob Polinka to pick up him. I'll tell you what gives me cause for worry is the Lakers is they only made six threes in the game. Yeah, they were abysmal. The Lakers or the Warriors had three guys. Steph, Poole, and Thompson made six threes apiece. 